Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. Quarter one of The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and we wrap up the last conference of our division preview and we start with the Toronto Raptors. We are joined once again by Mike Bassetti at Mike Bo Sports on Twitter. He is the co-expert for Raptors Rapture. Mike, thanks for uh, taking time tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Let's uh, let's get into the Raptors because they had uh, probably, when you look at it from the grand scheme of things, one of the more tumultuous off-seasons from the fact of uh, losing one of the best players in the league, Kawhi, to free agency. Obviously, he goes to the Clippers. Uh, but the team, I think, made a couple really good moves when you're locking down a couple of core guys on this team, or at least one and a half core guys, if you, if you will, in uh, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. 
Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people expected the Pascal Siakam deal to get done. That was one of those things that there was a thought that maybe they wouldn't want to do it just due to uh, cap reasons for later this summer when it looked like there was going to be really no free agents. Pascal Siakam's deal made a lot of sense. The Kyle Lowry deal was a little bit more of a surprise. But again, I think something that made sense when you kind of look at the timeline of this team. Well, and what do you see with the Lowry extension? I mean, do you see this being uh, the team coming out and saying, we for sure want you here, we're investing in you? Or is this something where maybe they don't want him to hit the free market? They might be looking to move him here as the as the season goes, like uh, there's kind of been rumors. So there was whispers that if he didn't receive an extension that he would demand a trade. I'm not sure if that was actually true or if that was something that he was kind of threatening behind closed doors in order to get an extension. Uh, I also think that this trade kind of helps him out in trade talks uh, more than it hurts him. If you're an opposing team now and you're in trade talks, rather than having him leave after one year, you know you at least get two years of a player who looks like, you know, you don't want to have a contract or on too long a la Chris Paul, but it would be nice to have a guy that you know you're getting for at least one one and a half years if they do try to move him at this deadline. So I think that this work, trade works out. If they want to keep him, they don't have to worry about him leaving after this summer keep him happy for this year and if they do want to trade him I think it has only increased his trade value well let's let's talk about uh uh the loss of Kawhi now obviously he went to the Clippers it was kind of that up in the air for a while of was he going to stay in Toronto was he going to leave but ultimately he does go out west uh and the team goes out and signs a, a stable of wings if you will Terrence Davis Stanley Johnson Rondé Hollis Jefferson uh, kind of that that three guys taking the place of an elite superstar. Uh, talk about, though, what those three can bring to the table and what you've seen from them so far. So Stanley Johnson's had a rough go of it as of late. So it's Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. The two actually were called out publicly by Nick Nurse a little bit before the season. Uh, he talked about them not focusing on their defense enough and instead trying to worry about how they're going to score on the other end of the court. Uh, So that hasn't gone smoothly. Terrence Davis was an undrafted free agent that was brought in this summer. Things have gone really well there. I think the team really is confident in him. They see a lot from him, even though he was undrafted, uh, as I just said. So, yeah, it's been a situation where it's been a pretty rough go from those two new guys as far as uh, Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. What I think right now they're hoping for the most is some internal improvement from OG Ananobi. He's been pretty good through these first three games. So I think that's what they're going to rely on the most right now. Yeah, they picked up uh, his extension here this year. Was that was that a surprise? Or, I mean, have you, have you guys, have the Raptors seen that kind of growth out of them that warrants uh, maybe a, a, a decent overall deal here for, for OG? Yeah, they picked up his uh, team option there. It was only $3 million. Uh, it would have really shocked me if they didn't. He was a integral part of that 59-win team. He was a starter on that team. He was part of the rotation on last year's squad. So if you're a two-year player, you've uh, been part of the rotation of good, successful teams through uh, your first two seasons, they're going to pick that up, an option that's so low because he was picked so late in the draft. Uh, so no first round pick for the Toronto Raptors this year. They went out and got Dewan Hernandez in the second. Uh, he was the 59th overall out of Miami. Uh, what have you seen out of him here so far in his short time with the team, uh, summer league and, and preseason and whatnot? 
Yeah, you know, he's still a little bit raw. He has uh, some ability around the basket, kind of a pretty explosive athlete. He's not super well-sized for a guy who's going to play uh, mostly the five in the NBA, I think. Uh, there's been talks of him working his jumper out uh, to the mid-range and perhaps even the corner threes. We haven't seen that in a game, and he didn't show that in Miami. So I'm not sure if that's actually game-ready or something that's still in development. He's someone who I would expect to be with the Raptors 905 for the large majority of this season. They did use their mid-level exception so they could offer him a third year on his contract. So I do believe that they like him internally. But when you have guys like Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka, they're going to hold down all 48 minutes at the center position. So I, I don't expect him to play much, if at all, this year. Uh, but he's someone that I think down the road could have an impact for this team. Now, this is a uh, overall a, a pretty veteran Raptors team when you look at it. Like you just mentioned, Marcus Saul, uh, Serge Ibaka. We got Kyle Lowry. Patrick McCaw is even uh, uh, a, you know able to be considered a veteran in the league by this point in time. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. I mean, this is a, a, a you know, relatively veteran team, uh, but still has a little bit on that young side. But uh, what are your big worries with some of these veterans, and especially as they start to get up there in age, like a Marcus Gasol or a Serge Ibaka? Yeah, you know, they're the tenth oldest team by average age, according uh, to a website, to a couple of different websites, uh, but they're kind of a weird team in the aspect that they're either very young or very old. There isn't a lot of guys who are prime players. And like you mentioned, they have guys like Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, who I think even the biggest Raptors optimist would admit are on the other side of the hill, perhaps not even if they're kind of heading down that hill very steeply. I think the biggest worry uh, if you're a Raptors fan has to be that these guys are kind of just losing a little bit of a step. And for a lot of them, Kyle Lowry and Mark Gasol, those, they were never explosive athletes in the first place. So losing one step for them can be the difference between being a marginal athlete who's barely able to get by your guy and then finally becoming toast. So right now things look okay as you kind of get into the heavier parts of the season. And right now Kyle Lowry's playing more than 39 minutes per game, which is obviously unsustainable. But as these guys get into the season and as you get into game 50 and 60, do they still have the explosion, same athleticism that they've had the past couple of years? I think it's something that you have to worry about. All right, Mike, I got one last question for you here. It's one that I've been asking everybody as we go through. Uh, so you are sitting at the Vegas Sportsbook enjoying yourself, enjoying the, the beautiful weather there. And you look up at the board for the NBA futures, you see them at 46 and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? I am taking the over. The Raptors have hit the over the past eight years. They've hit the over every single year. Masai Ujiri has been there, and I believe they've won 47 games at least every single year Masai Ujiri has been there. Um, I think there will be some concerns once this team gets to the post about their ability to kind of score in the half court and things like that. But this team is really smart. They got a lot of veterans, as you said. And I think they're just going to feast on bad opponents. So I think this could be a situation where you see them struggle against the elite teams. But if you have to ask me to bet on a team with organizational competence, I think that the Raptors are going to kind of have that Spurs-like quality where they beat up on the weaker teams of uh, the Eastern Western Conference and get the over probably, I think, around 49 wins would where I would put them at. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's down 12 wins from last year. So I think Vegas maybe. uh 
overreacting just a little bit to the to the Kawhi Leonard thing, do you think? Or what else do you think possibly attributes to that? Yeah, you know, I think the the Kawhi Leonard thing is something where perhaps it's people betting the lines and as they look at it, kind of he was the key driver there. But he also missed 20 games with the Raptors last season. Obviously, Danny Green's gone as well, so you don't want to overstate that. But, yeah, that's something where Kawhi Leonard lost 20 games and as good as he's, he was in the postseason, he wasn't quite that impactful during the regular season. So I think uh, kind of to what you said, yeah, I think that they're probably overreacting a little bit, which is something that you'll see from the general public perhaps, and maybe they're betting the underline very hard for the Raptors. But, yeah, I, I still see this team as kind of hovering around a 50-win team uh, just due to their ability to beat up on lesser teams. All right. Mike Bosetti again at Mike Bo Sports. Uh, you can find his stuff on RaptorsRapture.com. Mike, once again, man, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Welcome back to our division preview segment here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and The Howl. We are now joined by John Corrales. Uh, he covers the Celtics for MassLive.com. He's also the host of Locked On Celtics. You can find him on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. John, thanks so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks. Uh, let's uh, let's get right into last season with this team. And and at least on on the outside looking in, uh, the Celtics seemed like one of those teams that never really truly lived up to their potential this of this uh, this season here, the 2018-2019 season. Uh, they went 49-33, and 33, finished fourth in the East, but uh, even the 49 wins didn't necessarily seem like uh, all that great of a performance or production-wise uh, on the outside looking in. Uh, what are your thoughts on last year? Uh, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think... It, it was a season that was a lot more difficult even than we realize in the moment now that we're, we're past it and we're hearing some things about uh, just how things went and, and we're seeing the reactions that guys are having to this season. Uh, I, think, I think last season was just, it was just bad. Um, the, the team wasn't capable of performing to its expectations uh, Kyrie Irving was not capable of being a leader, and, and I really question whether he's capable of being the number one guy on a team and the leader of a team. Um, and, you know, we, we saw guys like Tatum and Brown. Brown recovered well, but, like, we, we saw guys struggle with, with their roles, struggle with who they are individually. We saw guys like Terry Rozier really struggle in general. So uh, it, it was, it was not great. It was certainly a learning experience for all those involved. And I think we're starting. If you want to draw any positive out of it, you go through an experience like that. And I think this year you're going to see more positive reactions to that, and, and people learn the hard way of what not to do. Well, and the the Celtics, you know, you kind of you you have what you know what a lot of people consider a down year. But then you go out and and in free agency, you know, you lose Al Horford. He goes cross town to a rival, which uh, always stings. But you get Kemba Walker, uh, who is a very dynamic point guard, and I think he's a lot, a uh, lot more different of a player than Kyrie. How does Kemba fit into this offense? Well, we're starting to see, you know, a little bit of it. Um, he's 
much more of a pick and roll guy. So the Celtics are running more pick and rolls. Um, a, a lot more picks are being set in the Celtics offense so far. Uh, he's, I don't want to say he's struggling to find himself. I think he's uh, trying to figure out how he can be himself while still incorporating his teammates and, frankly, not, not having to do as much as he did in the past. And it's going to be really interesting to see how, how we look at this by the end of the season. He's talked about not having his usage be very high uh, this year or quite as high as it was in the past. You know, last year his usage rate was up somewhere around um, 31%. And, you know, he, he hopes it drops, but we'll see how much it drops and, and how much he can be a different player. He talks about wanting to be a different player, but maybe this is just kind of who he is. And, and so um, I'm, I'm curious exactly how this goes. Like the first few games, he struggled against Philly. He got off to slow starts against Toronto and uh, New York. And then he picked it up at the end. And he talked about after the, after the Knicks game trying to set a tone and that he hasn't been. I wonder if that means he's going to have to pick up his own production uh, to, start, to start games. And, and we'll see what that means. But uh, I think ultimately he's going to fit well. Personality-wise, he's already – you know, great. Uh, everybody loves him. It, it's chemistry-wise, it works. I think the on-court stuff can kind of hammer itself out over the course of his, you know, next few months. Well, and I, I think you know part of the the reason for the big usage rate when he was in Charlotte is you know when you look at who they had backing him up, uh, there wasn't really a lot of options, and it and it seems like the Celtics. Uh, if they're going to be uh, considerably deep at any position, it seems like maybe that that point guard spot is going to be where they're going to be best. You've got Kemba, but then we've also seen what Marcus Smart can do on a regular basis, especially when he plays point. But then you went out and you drafted Carson Edwards, and he's really surprised a lot of people early on. Yeah, Carson has been has been pretty good, you know, for a, a second round pick, who's you know I think he came in a little bit. I don't want to say overwhelmed in his first game, but I think I think the nerves were showing. Uh, he's he's going to be a decent player, and and I think they're going to use him more for his shooting um, than his playmaking. But if he can if he can really get a handle on the ball handling and and distribution, that'd be a nice addition to his his shooting. I mean, he he's going to be out there trying to take and make threes, um, and that's what the Celtics are going to need him to do. So I, I think the Celtics backcourt and the wings are, are, it's definitely their strength, you know, between Kemba and Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward can shift over and, and, and handle the ball as well. So they, they've got guys to initiate the offense. That's not, that's not going to be an issue. They even have Jason Tatum running some pick and roll now. So uh, it, they're, they're going to be fine in that regard. And, and Carson is, is going to fit in, I think, pretty nicely, especially once he settles down gets used to the, the new game speed and, and he can start hitting threes at a more consistent clip, uh, then, then we'll start to see him really make an impact. Uh, the first overall pick for the Boston Celtics, Romeo Langford, a 6'4 shooting guard uh, out of Indiana. Uh, Wolves fans might be a little familiar with him up here because of the, the Big Ten connection. You know, Gophers play Indiana on a regular basis. But uh, 
what do you see out of Romeo Langford's game? And uh, is he maybe one of those guys that's going to be kind of eased into the rotation? Or do you think he's going to get some some playing time considerably here as we go? Uh, I think the the former. He's definitely, I think, going to be eased into things. He's also had some bad injury luck. Obviously, he had the, the thumb injury that he played through when he was at Indiana. He had the surgery. So that there, he was slow to come back from that. Uh, he missed summer league. Then he came out of summer league and he had uh, a hamstring injury, I believe. Oh, no, a groin injury. And then after he came back from the groin injury, he slipped on a wet spot and he, and he sprained his knee. So it's a little bit of a slow going for him. But I also see a, the Celtics retooling his shot a bit. And so I don't think they're going to put him out there with with that still kind of being a, a, a work in progress. Uh, I think that Langford definitely has the potential to be the best of the guys that they drafted, but he also, I don't, I think he might be the furthest away from making an impact immediately, but in the little bit that we've seen, he's just very smooth and can get the spots on the floor where you didn't expect him. Like it almost looks like he's not moving fast enough to get to certain spots on the floor. And next thing you know, he's there. So he's, he's got a very nice smoothness to his game. And the Celtics seem very excited about that. Uh, but like I said, I think they're going to let him kind of try to work, work through that new shot and, and try to retool that shot and get him some confidence, maybe in the G League, uh, to, to get him some confidence with that shot before they throw him into the fire with Boston. Uh, let's, let's talk about... Gordon Hayward. Now, obviously, uh, two seasons ago, first game with the Celtics opening night, he goes and has a a horrific injury, uh, you know, comes back last year, uh, but really kind of looked like a, a shell of himself a little bit as he was kind of getting back into into basketball shape and fully recovering. Um, have you seen uh, what seems to be a more, you know, usual suspect Gordon Hayward? Or are we still kind of seeing that that slowly coming back from injury, Gordon Hayward? I feel like he's he's kind of back to his former self, uh, much closer to his former self than he is to the injury Gordon Hayward. Uh, he is playing aggressively. He's playing with a much greater speed, much greater pace, much more confidence. He's shooting with confidence. He's attacking, getting free throw attempts. Um, so we're we're starting to figure we're starting to see him figure it out. Uh, and now, like the beginning part of the season, tying it back into the Kemba, uh, hit that chemistry there, playing with Kemba a lot more, playing alongside Jason Tatum, who's much more aggressive, Jalen Brown, who's playing much more aggressively. Like, that type of stuff of kind of where the shots are coming from, that's, that's going to be the next part of everything. But Gordon Hayward's attacking. He's playing, he's playing with great speed and confidence. And, and I, I'm very, very comfortable saying that especially by the end of the season, you're going to see a Gordon Hayward that's, that's much closer to the Utah Gordon Hayward. And he, he might find himself even averaging close to, or like around 20 points a game. Let's uh, let's, let's talk about the bigs because you've got Daniel Tice, you've got Enos Cantor, a uh, couple, you know, veterans on the team, but you've also got some good youth in Grant Williams and Robert Williams. Uh Talk about what those four can mean to this team, and especially in those those close games. Well, you know, each guy brings a unique skill set to the floor, and I, I think 
against a bigger team like Philly, we saw that they went with Cantor as a starter because Cantor is bigger, stronger than Daniel Tice uh, or Robert Williams. And if you're playing a more traditional center, he's going to be the guy. And we saw his ability to, to score in the post and his, his rebounding ability. So uh, Cantor is like a known entity. Like Brad Stevens just kind of, when he speaks about Ennis Cantor, he talks of like, like, you know what you're getting. He's, he's very good. He's, he's kind of elite as a rebounder, especially on the offensive boards. Uh, so you kind of know what you're getting with him. They, so they'll use him, obviously, I think mostly in a bench situation, but starting against bigger, bigger teams like Philly, Detroit, and so on. Daniel Tice has the ability to stretch the floor. He's also been here for a couple of years. He knows the terminology. He's very familiar with the players on the floor. So that familiarity, that continuity is something that's going to get him plenty of minutes and, and probably starting more games than not uh, because that, that will help that, that connected defense. Really, they, they're, they're trying to play a defense that's connected, rotating, communicating well. That's how they're going to be able to defend because – they they need to they need to play together. They don't have a, enough individual defenders to do what they want to do. So Tice is going to get his minutes for sure. Then you get down to Robert Williams, who's got you know high level talent and the ability to block shots and and defend the rim. He's he, I think he's a clear third as far as the traditional centers go because he has, still has bad habits. He chases blocks. He kind of makes mental mistakes where he, he'll leave a guy to try and, and go for the highlight, and it ends up costing the team more than it helps. But if he can get through those habits, and he's only a second-year player, so there's no reason to say that he wouldn't. But if he can get through those habits, then he'll be, he'll be a, a guy who deserves a ton of minutes. Grant Williams has been great in, in a few games. Uh, it's Toronto and against New York, he's been just fabulous. He's a guy that's going to get minutes no matter what other big man is playing. If they want to go small, then they have a – Grant is definitely a small ball, like five option for them. They'll go to that a lot. He's super smart. Uh, everybody here is raving about his IQ. Uh, he does all of the dirty work. He's, he's very, very happy to go in there and not score and do all the other things that it takes to, to win a basketball game. And he can still play the four alongside one of those guys. So – they could use him in, in multiple situations. You know, eventually, maybe someday, they could even use him in a big lineup as a three. But that's, that's probably like two, three years from now. But he's got the skills, the passing skills, the IQ to do all of that stuff. So uh, it's, it's a very good, young, potentially great young front court that they have in both Williams. Uh, and for now, in the meantime, Cantor, and Tice will do, will do okay. Uh, it's not their strength, but uh, so far it hasn't been the extreme weakness that a lot of people have said it would be. All right, there you have it, folks. John, I got one last question for you here, uh, the one that I've been asking everybody. You're sitting in the Vegas Sportsbook, uh, enjoying yourself. You're on vacation, uh, but you look up at the Sportsbook, you see the Celtics at 49.5 wins. Uh, are you taking the over or the under? Well, this is what Vegas does, right? They put it as a number where it's a hard choice. Um, I, <laughs> that's that's kind of their job. <laughs> that's kind of what they're supposed to do, right? Um, I, I'm going to say the under by half a game. But um, that's just taking into account 
continuity um, and some of the like like we're saying with Kemba and and, and those guys may be figuring figuring things out. Um, it's tempting to go over. It really is tempting to go over, and they they very well could, um, especially depending on on health and all the other things. But I've been saying 49 wins. I'm going to stick to 49 wins. I'd rather be wrong on the low end than wrong on the high end. So, but if anybody's listening to this for gambling advice, please do not take my <laughs> advice. I do not want to be responsible for anybody losing money. Well, and that'd be the same record twice in a row. And I think, uh, I mean, it's going to lock up a, a playoff berth for you. And and we all know that the Celtics teams can be very dangerous come playoff time. So I think uh, it's better to err on the side of caution there. Well, I mean, I've been saying all along that this team could have the exact same season as last year's team as far as wins and losses go. If, they, if all of the, the games that they lost last year are losses again this year and all of the wins are wins, as long as they're playing hard, and and together and like clearly trying, then I think Celtics fans would love this season as compared to hating last season. It's just a testament to the expectations. And I just think the personalities here are much more likable. Like people already really like this team. And last year's team, people just you can see they weren't getting on board early and by mid season everybody was jumping off the bandwagon. This year's team's going to be very likable. So 49 wins in a second-round exit. If they're playing hard and that's just the best thing they can do, I think Boston Celtics fans will be like, you know what, I still like this team. All right, there you have it again. John Corrales joining us. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. He is the on the Celtics beat for MassLive.com and the host of Locked On Celtics. John, once again, man, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I look forward to talking to you here as the uh, as the season goes on. My pleasure. Anytime. Welcome back to the division preview here on the Howell part of dash radios, nothing but net channel. Uh, we are joined now by Brandon Laurencott. He is part of the Brooklyn grit and he joins us now. He is at BL city five. He's a longtime friend, former teammate, everything in between Brandon. What's going on, buddy. Hey, what's going on? Good to be here. Uh, so the, the nets are probably, if you want to call them, they're probably the winner, if not top two, ultimately of the, the free agency sweepstakes, if you will, for 2019, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So they, they've had a, they've had a really good off season that it's going to turn them into contenders here immediately. If not this year, then right away next year when, when Durant returns, but Let's talk about last year real quick. So 42 and 40, I believe sixth in the East, good for a playoff spot. That's been that's been kind of big for this Nets team is, is getting into the playoffs here and seeing some growth out of players. Uh, what do you think about last year? Uh, last year, honestly, um, it was the most funnest season I've ever had as a Nets fan. Uh, we started off the season 8-18. Eight and 18. Uh, Jared Dudley had a, a, a players-only film session. We went 21 and 10 in our next 31 games, and we jumped all the way to the sixth seed. We continued to improve over the course of the year. Of course, D'Angelo Russell took that next step. He led us to the playoffs all-star last year. Karis LeVert got hurt. So there was a lot of adversity last year on the camaraderie, camaraderie between the teammates and their chemistry, dancing on the bench 
the way that they got to the talk of the NBA, it was literally probably the best season I've ever been a part of, hands down. Well, and and that that Karis injury was incredibly scary. That actually happened at Minnesota. I was at that game watching yeah. when it when it happened. Uh, but the Nets were were able to to tread water until Karis came back, and and you could see when he came back that he was an immediate spark off the bench. Uh, what do you expect out of Karis this year? Uh, now fully healthy, fully recovered, and and had some time to to strengthen that that uh, you know th- that part of his game and that part of his body. This is a big year for Karras. Uh, he it's year four, so he has to take the next step. He's shown in the playoffs that he can shoot. He needs to do that on a consistent basis for this team to go anywhere. We need our third star, and it has to come with from the growth within. And he he has to be that third star if the Nets want to be where they want to be want to go let's uh let's move on here uh a couple guys who who blew up as well uh last year for the Knicks: spencer dinwiddie joe harris uh joe harris winning the three-point contest spencer dinwiddie uh completely balling out what do you what do you expect to see from those guys now especially from dinwiddie now that he's moved to a a bench role rather quickly uh dinwiddie um He's still going to be his same. The biggest problem for the Nets this season is going to be the ball movement. Last year, it was the ball movement was flawless. You saw four or five passes every single time. This season, we're right now we're ranked 30th in the NBA in passes. We have three players that are exactly the same. We have three ISO players: Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving. All need the ball, and they all are one-on-one players. So as of right now. Uh, we're not having a ton of passes and all that stuff. And that's and, uh, really going to hurt this team. Yeah, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things you got to look at is is how defensively do you get? And now let's – we'll move – and that will kind of segue into the, the free agency because one of the guys that you did sign, uh, DeAndre Jordan, known for his rebounding, his defensive ability – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it kind of seems like he's maybe lost a little bit of a step, especially on the defensive side of things. He, he's definitely lost a step. He's very slow defensively. He can't get up on alley-oops. I know you watched a game one where Spencer Dinwiddie was trying to force that lob to him, and he just wasn't connecting because he can't get off the ground like he used to. Yeah, and that was a that was a, a very close game against the uh, against the Timberwolves that we uh, that we kind of snuck away. Uh, in overtime, thanks to the great defense of Josh Akogi. But you also signed the two two of the the two most coveted free agents, I think, uh, together as a package: Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, KD out for a year. But I mean, these two these two bring that that legitimacy and that uh, uh, you know title potential right away to Brooklyn. So yeah, they do, um, especially when Kevin Durant gets back. The only thing I'm nervous about is how how the percentages is when he comes back, how healthy is he going to be? Is he going to be the same player? Explosiveness to the rim. I know his shooting is going to be the same because an Achilles injury, I'm not sure if that's really going to affect it very much because he's such an elite shooter, but defensively explosiveness and all that stuff is really going to be something I watch for. Uh, a couple other, uh, or another addition that you guys had, Wilson Chandler, uh, He's been a, a contributor a lot in this NBA and kind of a, a journeyman. Uh, what does he bring to the table to help support this this uh, Nets team? 
Uh, he brings depth at the four, which the Nets desperately need. Right now we're starting Torian Prince at the four, and he is very undersized for that position. So once Wilson Chandler gets off his PED suspension, he's going to be huge. Uh, last question for you here, Brandon. Uh, so the Nets, again, last year, 42-40. and 40. Uh, Vegas Bovada odds currently has them at 44-and-a-half wins. Uh, if you're sitting at the sports book in Vegas, you see 44 and a half on the big board. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the over. Yep. I think the nets are somewhere in between 45 and 47 wins. This season. Even, even without Kevin Durant, even without Kevin Durant, I think if you have a top 10 player in Kyrie Irving, he has to deliver you the goods. All right. There you have it again. Brandon Lauren Cod joining us. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at BLCity5. He is part of the Brooklyn Grit. Brandon, thank you again so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome back to our division preview segment here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel and The Howl. Uh, we are now moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, and we are joined once again by Zach Noble, the host of the Four Seasons podcast. Uh, you can listen to it here on Dash Radio. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Zach Noble. That's Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. Zach, what's going on, man? You know, I appreciate you spelling that out because listening to the Zach Lowe and Zach Levine pod today, uh, they were bashing my spelling of my name. So I'll, uh, I'm going to support it. I'm going to stand with it. I mean, I was a Z-A-C-H, but I changed it at a young age. Interesting. Okay, so you so you just wanted to be a little different then. Yeah, I mean Zach was the name of the '90s, as Zach Lowe was um, alluding to Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, with which Zach Levine had no idea about. So, yeah, I mean I wanted to be different than all the other Zachs. I knew there was like three to five in my class. There's a fun <laughs> fact of the day. <laughs> well, you know, if if we're talking about different, uh, we can definitely talk about the '76ers because this. This team looks a little different than it did last year. Now, your same your same core is there. You still have Ben Simmons. You still have Joel Embiid. But they lost mm. Jimmy Butler. They lost J.J. Redick. They lost arguably the best player on the team, Boban Marjanovic. Uh, this Sixers team going 51-31 and 31 last year, they had success. Is this something you saw coming out of them, that they would kind of have that, you know, some core pieces leave this team? Like their early two and zero success you're talking about, or no? Like I mean, like what? the just we saw success from them last season. Did you did you see okay. the the turnover coming that that we saw? You know the Jimmy Butler thing. I just too many. There's too much smoke around that contract. Uh, being people at his age and uh, going to be 33, I think by the end of it, maybe 34. To me, I think that's all a joke. And just like him, Russell Westbrook, I think. Age is one of the biggest myths in the NBA. Like, people rate age way too much in the young 30s. Like, players are still really good um, 34 through 37 yet, and I don't think they start declining at 32 or 33. And that's like everybody's just talking about these contracts more and more than ever that these players are just declining at such an early age. And I just disagree with that. And the numbers back it up mostly except for small young point guards. Would you agree to that? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. And I mean, it's, you know, there's, 
fall short point guards is what I meant. Yeah, I mean, and and I know exactly who we're who we're talking about here. Uh, but another point guard that this team seemed to give up a little too early on, uh, Markel Fultz. They trade him down to Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, and he seems to have found his shot and his form here as we go through this young season so far. Do you think there's there's any type of curse of Markel and that maybe this team is going to regret giving up on him so easily? You know, they they didn't. I mean, their draft pick. I have not. I'm not sure what it turned into. Okay, I'm not sure what getting rid of Martel Fultz turned into. Uh, but I liked who they drafted this year. I'm really high on Matisse. Uh, who else? There was one other guy. I think. Uh, I thought they had one other good pick. I really like, but not coming to mind. Might not have played yet for him. Uh, but anyways, Matisse was great. I do think they gave up on him way too early. Like. They didn't get any, I mean, a late temporary first-round pick. We don't know if it's going to turn into a first-round pick yet. I know it's a couple of years out. Um, I'd have to look up the exact details of that. But, no, I thought they gave up way too much. I still believe in Markell, even though um, it, it's going to take time. And he's showing signs of domination with his athleticism, playmaking, passing. Like, his defense is solid right off the bat. I, I, yeah, I think they're missing out a lot with him and Jimmy Butler. Their depth really took a beating this year, but I mean, this is the arguably the best starting lineup in the NBA, so I think they'll be okay as long as they stay healthy, which is a huge asterisk with this team. So the uh, the Magic gave up Jonathan Simmons and a 2020 first round pick that was top 20 protected. So I think the Magic kept their pick this year, uh, and they'll have to give it up next year. Uh, next year, yeah. Yep, yep. So they'll uh so the the we really won't know until next year, um, or even you know, four or five years down the road who the actual winners and losers were uh from this draft. But the Sixers seem to get better as we go through. They signed Al Horford, uh, they got some good guys like Trey Burke and Kylo Quinn, and then they got uh Josh Johnson as well from the Heat. Uh I th- 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 I think that's some great additions there, and it, it kind of does help offset uh, the loss of Jimmy Butler. Plus, they re-sign Tobias Harris, uh, the other half of Toby and Bobby. Uh, so there's there's no lack of talent on this Sixers team, and they should be a, a, a favorite to win uh, in the East this year. Yeah, you got it. I mean, the biggest thing is last last second scoring uh, shot creators and shooting with this team. But I think over time, they're going to be just fine. And the, looking back on it, the crazy thing, I knew it was super inconsistent, but I still thought they finished as a top 10 or top 15 defense with Embiid and Simmons playing a lot of games and Butler playing a lot. But they ended up like 15 to 20 defensively in the league. And so that was the only real area they needed to improve on, and that they did. So they, they addressed on that, but – what they, they gained in defense, I think they might have lost in shooting. Uh, depends what they get out of Josh Richardson shooting-wise. And then Matisse Tybel, if he can come in and shoot shoot the lights out or something. I just I think J.J. Redick's going to be a huge loss for him. I think they can make up with Jimmy Butler just with Josh Richardson, um, a bigger load from Tobias Harris, and then Al Horford. I think those guys make up Jimmy and more, but – yeah, the J.J. Redick losses, I think, is going to be huge for him. So where do you see the Sixers finishing in this in this Eastern Conference? Because I think the East got a little better. Um, 
Yep. And I think the I think the Sixers did a good job of of staying above the status quo. Where do you see them kind of finishing in the uh, in the Eastern Conference? So my preseason predictions, I have them second, and I I mean this Joel Embiid stuff makes me really nervous. There's no way they finish second if he's out most of the year. Uh, he's got to play. 60 games minimum for them to finish in the top three, in my opinion. But uh, I do think these other guys, I'm a huge Josh Richardson guy. I always have been. I wanted the Timberwolves to trade for him when they had Butler. Uh, but with that said, I, I think if they're 100% healthy and they can reach the potential I see, uh, Matisse Teibel is really looking good defensively already, which um, is very rare for a rookie, but he looks super comfortable. And I, I just love him as a personality. Uh, I, I have them winning the East, to be honest, if they reach it. But they like they're a long way from that uh, they, to reach that potential. I just that's where I see them being by the year's end. Wow. So okay. So you heard it first there. Uh, Zach's got them winning the East. <laughs> uh, so now this might make this question a little bit tougher then for you. Fifty-four and a half wins, Zach, is the over/under currently at Bavada in Vegas. You're sitting at the sports book. Do you think they can get over fifty-four and a half, or are you taking the under? That's one I don't touch, to be honest, because, um, I, I mean, I, I took the over slightly at the year, but I haven't, like, I think I had them right at 54 in my predictions, um, and that number sounds about right, which would be the under technically, uh, but I would feel more comfortable with them hitting the over, honestly, All if right. I had to put money on it. Yeah, 50, 54 and a half is a, is a big number, especially for a team that uh, – that lost what you could call its uh, its third star in Jimmy Butler, but they've got Tobias, they've got Al Herring or uh, Al Horford, not Al Harrington, Al <laughs> Horford. Uh, so they should they should be uh, uh, still pretty decent off here. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you, where do you got them finishing? You know, if, at fifty four and a half with the Sixers, I think I take the over. I think there's only two teams that really uh, can consistently mm-hmm. beat them, and that would be Milwaukee. And I think Boston is very close once they kind of figure out some of their early season stuff. Uh, I think the Nets need KD to consistently beat Philly out. Uh, I think Toronto is going to be close, but you think the loss of Kawhi really, uh, really hurts them, uh, especially in like the overall standing side of things. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's only really two uh, NBA Finals contenders in the East, and that's Milwaukee and Philly. Uh, but I think three through nine in the East, uh, three through 10, even if you want to add Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, Atlanta and the Bulls, I think it's really even. Um, I think any of those teams besides Atlanta and the Bulls can only be in like seven or eight, but those other um, seven, eight teams can be literally anywhere three through nine. I think it's that close. Yeah. Could this, could this be the year that uh, all playoff teams in the East have a winning record? Parody's back, baby. It's, it's been a while since we've seen that. Uh, once again, Zach Noble, host of the Four Seasons podcast. Uh, you can listen to that here on Dash Radio, part of the Ball is Life Network. Uh, Zach, once again, man, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I look forward to uh, to talking with you more. Maybe we'll see you around some open gyms here up in the cities. Sounds great, Kevin. Take it easy. All right, so for the last portion of the division preview, our final division preview, We are going to do it a little differently than we have in the past. Very similar to what we did when we previewed the Wizards and 
the what was the other team, Kevin? The Wizards and oh, Hornets. Hornets. Yep. So we are doing the same thing with the Knicks. We are going to basically rebuild the Knicks um, based on the roster that they currently have, which we'll start off by going over that roster. So point guards, you have Dennis Smith Jr., Alfred Payton, Frank Nilakina, and then Kadeem Allen is a two-way. Shooting guards, R.J. Barrett, Wayne Ellington, Alonzo Trier, Damian Dotson, and Reggie Bullock. You have Kevin Knox and Ignis Brazadakis for your small forwards. Power forwards, Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, Taj Gibson, and Ivan Rabb is on a two-way. And Mitchell Robinson and Bobby Portis are your centers. So I, I think, Rob, we can both agree here that there's potential on this team. I mean, you look at uh, your three your three core guys are all under the age of 24. You got R.J. Barrett, you got uh, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Knox. Uh, hold on, go back real quick. Sorry. Uh, and Julius Randle as well. So you got really four guys that are all super young on this team. Uh, there's a couple of guys I think I'd like to get away from. But uh, here's what I'm going to say. I think just for the sake of kind of at least previewing the current Knicks team, we had a minimum wait to the trade deadline to change anything. I'm fine with that. So I'd like to see. The one thing that's kind of goofy with this Knicks team, I don't know if you saw this, but Knicks have been chanting they want Frank. Yeah. And Dennis Smith Jr. barely plays. What do they expect him to do in like five minutes or 11 minutes? Yeah, DSJ has not been playing well. But but he hardly plays. And you got to get into a rhythm. Yep. I think people don't understand that. It's very similar to the Kirk Cousins dilemma that some fans had earlier in the season. And my problem with that is, again, Guys got to get in rhythm if you want them to play well. I always had this argument with Shabazz. When they throw him out there for like five minutes, they're like, oh, he didn't do what I wanted. Well, guys got to have more time than that. If you're Muhammad or Napier? Because uh, Napier, looks, Napier looks good. Well, yeah, but he gets minutes. He gets yeah, minutes. he does. It's very similar to the Twins. Back uh, when I was in college, my, my favorite player of all time for the Twins is Michael Kadire. I'm, I'm his number one fan. No one else is even close. And in college, I kept saying, if they just gave him the time on the field and played him consistently, watch how good he'd do. The second they did it, the guy dominated. And so I think some people just need time. Dennis Smith Jr. should be getting minutes. Yeah. And he just he's doesn't what, get He's him. 21? 21. I mean, it's... Nilakin has shown nothing. Yeah, he really hasn't. I just... The whole thing is kind of absurd, if you ask me. But, uh, you know, here we are. So let's, uh, let's take a look. Now, again, we'll just kind of jump ahead to the trade deadline. I think we'll stay on here just to kind of talk amongst ourselves about what we're seeing and things we're expecting from the Knicks uh, as a whole, I think, going into this season. So we'll, we'll jump through. We'll start that simulation off. One thing I'll say when the or during the offseason, as I was watching this team kind of be built, I thought actually they did a really good job of spending their money wisely. They realized they weren't going to, you know, of course they wanted the big names. They were hoping to get a Kyrie. A Kyrie and a KD. Yep, that was what was happening, and obviously they went to the Nets instead, and it didn't pan out. You also lose Porzingis. There's a lot of things that this organization has done over the years that give Knicks fans pause. Now, I will say this. I don't know that you can complain too much about Porzingis leaving when you chose to boo when they drafted him. Well, and not just that, but he also missed basically that whole year leading up to him being traded. So uh, I think out of all of the moves, I think Knicks fans are more used to not having Porzingis because of how long he's been out. But you go out and you get a couple good senior guys like Morris and Taj Gibson. You get a Wayne Ellington. So they made some moves for that veteran leadership. I think this team overall is still very, very young and green in terms of uh, players. But if you can get good growth out of R.J. Barrett, out of uh, Mitchell Robinson, if you can see Ignis Brazadakis getting better because uh, I think he's got some potential. 
Uh, and then get Dennis Smith Jr. on a track and on a game plan. Um, I think there can be a lot of a lot of success that can come from the Knicks. Now, Knicks success compared to uh, Lakers success or Celtics success is probably a lot different. But I think the Knicks can definitely have success of their own this year. I will say, so far in this, we've been offered nothing but garbage trades. Uh, an interesting thing, and this is a this is something that people will, that are listening now will will hear later on in our episode. Because um, for part of it, we did some uh, Timberwolves. We've done some Timberwolves rebuilding stuff. Yep. So there's some talk on that uh, later on. If you're listening on the radio, anyways, I will say if you're listening in podcast format, you will find that Timberwolves segment actually on our 2K League show um, on, on that stream. But right at the trade deadline, I've started to notice in 2K20, like the day of, I have been offered some of the best trades I've ever seen. And so I wonder if that happens here, or maybe some better trades come very by the well, deadline. I think that's very realistic. Now let me ask you this: What would you, what would you consider a good trade for the Knicks? It's tough to say, and it depends on where they where they're sitting. I will say right now the Knicks are playing very poorly. That record is uh, is not good to say the least. Yeah, eight and fourteen through the first twenty two games. I mean that's not that's not getting uh, that's not getting the job done. It's not jumping off the page. This is probably the first trade we've been offered that I don't hate. But you wouldn't do it. No. So Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris for Randall and Bullock. First of all, you wouldn't do it because now we have 100 point cards at that point. And you're giving up your main top tier yep. power so forward. So there's no reason to do that trade. But in terms of value, it's one of the best offers we've had. Yeah. Just because before it was like Julius Randall for Gallinari and, uh, and a poop. Like, I mean, it was yep. just nothing that I wanted to look at. But man, this team is really performing poorly. I think part of it's coaching. I don't know that I trust the coaching staff with the Knicks. Who is their head coach even? Is it Fisdale? Fisdale. Well, take that for data. Yep. I just, uh, it has not worked out. In fact, let's go into uh, the coaching because I'm curious to see if they list what, like, like how good they are. So look at C minus for offense, C minus for defense, and a B for potential. Actually, his assistant coach is better than him. I mean, that's, what does that tell you? I mean, good scouting, I guess. And a, a terrible trainer. Thankfully, we have injuries turned off when we do these. Their CFO is really good. So they've got that going for them, I guess. I don't know. This is this is not a good franchise right now, uh, at least according to 2K. And I will say, I feel like 2K does an okay job. Like even Ryan Saunders is in the Bs as far as his rating is concerned. And so obviously they just don't feel Fizdale is the guy for the job. I know some Knicks fans aren't aren't really sold on Fizdale. Yeah, I, think, I I thought it was a pretty good signing when I first saw it, but I don't dis I don't dislike Fizdale. I think he's an okay coach. But I think he got he got run out of what was it Memphis that he was in. I think yep. he got run out of there uh, prematurely. Yeah, that's the thing with coaches. A lot of coaches, I, a lot of it depends on the franchise you're with. Yeah, but a lot of coaches get run out before they should, and it's because they're on really crappy franchises. Well, and if you look at it too, a lot of there's a lot of franchises that haven't had any type of success in a long time. So the first person to go is the coach, and they are, they are very trigger-happy uh, to fire the coach and fire the coaching staff and kind of scrap it to start new uh, as quickly as possible if a coach doesn't work. That's why we, that's why we see a lot of free coaching uh, uh, vacancies uh, after, after one year. Jetty Osmond and Kevin Love for Ellington and Randall. That's an interesting trade. That is, but I still think the, the Knicks would say no here. I like me some Jetty, man. I do like me some Jetty. But the age is the big difference. You're that's, not that's winning right now, yep. so why do I want Kevin Love? Exactly. Uh, what's the record currently we're sitting at? 
13 and 23. I and mean, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? As we uh, 41% chemistry. As we are in the, the new year, the 2020. I think at the trade deadline, we will be making some trades, Kevin. I think so. This has been a... Uh, so what, what are we trying to acquire here, Rob? Draft capital? Wins? <laughs> well, I think the big thing for this year is we need to free up cap space. And we need to acquire draft capital. We didn't. So the Knicks didn't exactly, you know, th- like handcuff themselves with bad contracts. So that's a good thing, I guess. So you're going to have a little bit of flexibility in terms of moving off from some guys. Uh, Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel for Julius Randle and Bullock. Nope. But again, not the worst trade. But we, we, we're set at center. We don't need a center. Julius Randle fits what we're doing really well. He's 24 Correct. years old. There's a lot to like about him. Looking at uh, we're, wow, we're, this this team is bad, man. Thirty four percent chemistry. If we lose to the Cavs, that's rock bottom right there. We got blown up by the Cavs. Fourteen and thirty. This is a bad team. Uh, a close loss to the Lakers. I guess that's something. I don't know. Ooh, I oh, man. I will say the trades are getting better. I, I st- this is a tough one. Bam out of bio and Kelly Olynyk for Mitchell Robinson and Marcus Morris. I still stick with Robin, Robinson because he's such a good defender. Yeah, I think so, too. Although I'll, I did watch Bam play the Timberwolves. And, and Bam uh, looked real good. Bam looked real good. Yep. There's a reason why they didn't want to trade him. Wow. Another, another trade that's not bad. Uh, Drew Holiday and Kendrick Williams for Randall and Ellington. Again, uh, Holiday's not like young at this stage. He's a little bit uh, injury prone, I would say. So there's, there's issues right there. At, at least as far as I'm concerned, I yeah. would say there's some issues. This is so we're still struggling. We're almost to the trade deadline, though. We're just about to pass the All Star break, and if any if any team needs an All Star break, it's us. Julius Randle is the only player people have wanted from us. Yep. I don't think anyone else is. They tried to give us uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Nope. No, thank you. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon and T.J. Warren. Nope. Not doing that for Bobby Portis and Julius Randle, which is which is too much to give up. Again, we don't have many pieces that are worth much on this team. Nothing sure thing. Again, not a bad trade necessarily. Wayne Ellington and Randall for Whiteside and, and Nasir Little, but I'm not doing that. No, at this stage, it's going to have to blow us away player. for Julius Randall. Julius Randall's the best player in that deal. Yep. Nasir Little might have the highest ceiling, but you're still not making that trade. Uh, yes, might as well stop to make some trades. So let's take. Uh, who do you want to start with? Well, let's let's start just for fun with Julius Randall. Not saying we're going to move him, but. If somebody comes if somebody comes along and throws out an offer that's better than what we've seen, I think we can discuss it. So Josh Richardson and Zaire Smith? No. I mean that's a great trade. I'm just saying it's a great trade, but I'm not doing it. Chris Middleton? Wow. And Sterling Brown? Oh man, that's not bad. Uh the only problem I run into is he makes so much money and he's not that much better overall. Yeah, that's true. And uh, plus you've got Kevin Knox at that position as well. Yeah. A lot of the same offers. Uh, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. I don't hate that. Valanciunas. Boyan and Exum. Buddy Buddy Heal. Wow. Man. Ooh. Ooh. Revisit that one because I think that's a good one. I think that's that's a good good one to look look at. at. Uh, Some of the other ones, DeMarcus Cousins. This is bad. Dwight Powell and Justin Jackson. So they're like basically saying, hey, what if we traded you nothing? Is yep. nothing okay? Yeah, just $28 million in contracts. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, sorry, Mark Cuban, but no, I'm not, I'm not trading nothing. So there's some trades that are actually decent. I would argue that these are some of the better trades Whoa, we've seen. Hold on. Go back to the Raptors. I like this deal. I mean, that makes one of us. I don't know why you don't like that deal. Julius Randle's already better than both those players. Serge Ibaka's on his way down. We don't need a center. 
We already have Mitchell Robinson. Plus, we have another guy, another backup. I just, I don't want to do that. Oh, they're both one-year deals. I don't, I don't see where the, uh, uh, where where the downside is in that. I don't hate this deal, by the way. Mikhail Bridges and Kelly Oubre Jr. for Randall and Dotson. That's some nice pieces. Oh my gosh, you you like that deal, but you didn't like the other one. That's, That's a better deal. No, it's not. If only there was a third party here to agree with me. Well. Aaron this, wouldn't. This is, Aaron, by the way, hey, Aaron wouldn't agree with you. Oh, he would. In fact, uh, in his stead, I say he agrees. By the way, the Wolves are offering us Jeff Teagan a first. What? <laughs> why yeah. would we do that? No, I get why the Wolves would do it. Can we? Can we agree? I, mean, I get why we would do it too. Because I mean, it's probably still going to be a lotto pick. A healthy John Wall and Isaiah. T- why do we want two more point guards? Yep, we want six. We want to pull an Aaron Groshaman and point guards. I will say this is still one of my. I do like this deal. I I, I get why you don't like it, but this is a pretty solid deal. The only my only concern would be, well, they list them both as shooting guards, but both guys can play the two and the three. It's not a bad deal. But again, we're short at the power forward position. Yeah, That's we, we kind of have to hold on to him. Here. I think I think he's a guy we keep. You're right. The the clo- probably one of the best the deals. Buddy is the the buddy heel deal, but it's just not worth it to me. Especially, I don't want to be paying Deadman that kind of money. Thirteen mil for two years. It's a lot of money. So I'm gonna pass. I think we let's keep looking. Does that work for you? That's fine. Uh, Morris. Yeah. Get him on a contender. If we can trade Morris, I think Taj Gibson's another guy you got to pass uh, pass to someone else if you can do it. Again, it, it depends on what you're offered. Oh, I like Brooke Lopez, by the I way. I do too, but we don't need a center. No, we also don't need four years, $52 million. We, we absolutely do not. Ooh, Otto Porter and Daniel Gafford. I do like me some Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford and Otto Porter. That's a deal, man. The only downside to Porter is it's, it's an expiring contract, and I don't know if you get his bird rights in the deal, so I don't know if he'd be restricted or not. Uh, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, actually, Jay Crowder in a first is not bad. Just the first alone is kind of nice. Yeah, and it's the Grizzlies first. Now it's a couple years away, but still, that's good value. Evan Turner in a first, I'm not doing that. Well, no. 2024 though. Ah oh, man, Evan Turner sucks. The nice thing about Evan Turner is he makes your team worse in the interim. So this actually wouldn't be a bad deal because we're trying to tank. I would guess Justice Winslow. What do you that, think of that? I don't. I don't hate that either. I don't hate that. I do hate that. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. No. Ooh, that's again. I don't hate that deal, but we don't want. We're not trying to get older players, so it just doesn't fit what we're doing. Ooh, a second in Bogdan Bogdanovich. One year of Bogdan. I think he would be a restricted free agent, though. I definitely don't want KCP. Guy can't even score. I don't think he scored a point. <laughs> yeah, he has. Well, all right. Well, it still hasn't been good. I don't want Tim Hardaway Jr. back. By Absolutely the way. not. I like Jalen Brunson. I think fans would revolt. I like Jalen Brunson. Will Ooh, Will Barton. He was key to me rebuilding the Wizards. He was, but still no. I think right now the best deal would still be oh. ooh, Ricky Rubio. We need JJ Redick. Another point guard? J- actually, JJ Redick in a first. Yeah. My only concern again, though, is he's not going to help us lose. And we're trying to lose, Kevin. We're trying to tank here. Actually, if we're trying to tank, we should probably keep things the way they are. We're, yeah. Losing, yeah. we're losing pretty well right now. Kelly Oubre and Frank, Frank the Tank? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, ooh. Wow. We ha- so here's the deal. The Timberwolves would never do this, but guess what? This isn't a Timberwolves rebuild. I think we have this to is do a this. Rebuild. Yep. Marcus Morris and a second for Robert Covington. Is that it? Do we make that deal? Yep. Oh, but Kevin, just one more over, and I, I got to say. Nope. Yes, yeah, Zach Collins. How do you – come on, Zach Collins? Ooh. T. Bryant. No. Nope. Our guy. Zach Collins, man, I gotta, I gotta say, that's. I don't like Kent Bazemore, but it's a one-year deal. 
Man, that's a solid deal. You really you don't want to do that? Well, if we're getting rid of both power forwards. And then, so now you're talking about your power forwards are Randall and Collins. So you prefer this over Rocco? I do. I do. Because he helps us out long term. Rocco's on a one-year deal. No, he's not. That's what it said. Oh, never mind. I can't read. Three years, duh. 12 mil. Three years, duh. 12 mil a year for Rocco. I just, does that count? Man. I bet you if I called Aaron on this one, he'd say Rocco. He'd take Rocco over Zach Collins? Wow. Yeah, I think I think Aaron would. Even though we got to give up a draft pick as well? You want me a second in round? In this one, we're giving Aaron, up. including a second round. Uh, hold on, I'm calling him. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Aaron, including a second round, would you still trade for Robert Covington if you no, had to I give up a second Kevin. round? No, I wouldn't do that. Oh, all right. Well, he said no. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, no, actually, Aaron says yes. <laughs> You're right. That was Ricky Rubio. <laughs> yeah, Ricky wants to be on the Knicks. <laughs> Uh, he was offered to us. All right, so we'll do the Robert Covington deal. Uh, I don't hate the deal, obviously. I love Robert Covington. Well, now, I just think that the John Collins deal was better. You mean Zach Collins? Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. John Collins would have been great, too. John though. Collins would have been phenomenal. <laughs> so let's take a look at who else. Uh, I, I think it's okay to keep most of these. Most of these guys, I think 24 and under, I'm fine with keeping that. Taj Gibson, though, I think we, we're safe to say we can move him. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Maybe we'll get hey maybe we'll get lucky and they'll still try to give us a, a good player. Uh, so far, all these trades are garbage. Not much being offered. I mean, seriously, looking at the Joe Harris isn't bad, but it's a one year deal. Will Barton's a two Will Barton's two year deal, but we don't need another small forward. Uh, Doug McBuckets, JJ Redick, if we include a second, but I don't think Ooh. that makes sense. Here we go. A lottery protected first from the Pistons, which you'd probably get. It's in twenty two. So that's not bad. And all you're doing is taking on the expiring contract of Langston Galloway. That's pretty good. Trey Lyles, Aaron Baines, Roberson, Gorgie Jang. <laughs> Why would I want that? I think this is the deal, man. I think taking on Galloway and getting that first-round pick. Sure. I think it's worth it. Now, the other thing I'll say is I think we might be able to include Galloway and make it basically a, two, a, a three-team trade. Sometimes the game will allow you to do that, and we'll see if they do this time because we don't need we don't need him for anything we're trying to build here. So looking at we can get Ish Smith and a second, uh, Patrick McCaw and a second, which isn't too bad. But most of these deals are are fairly crappy, I would say. Justin Jackson, there's still some value there. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not. I liked him coming out of. Uh, now, I will say Devontae Graham. So Devontae Graham in a second. We don't need a point guard, but I would do that trade just to get the second. And Devontae Graham, how good was he against the Wolves? He was hitting yeah. every shot, no matter yep. how close people were. Yeah, I think that's the deal, man. We're basically just lengthening Galloway for Devontae Graham in a second. Are you in? Sure. Let's do it. We're, we're, we're going for all of the point guards. We went for all of the power forwards in the offseason. That's what the Knicks' big thing was. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to try that route and to see what we can get there. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what other players. Now, Kev, what are the other guys we want to look to move on from? Uh, Alfred Payton? Yeah, I think Alfred and Wayne Ellington are the two that you try to move on from, and then I think we call it good. Let's see if we package those two together and see what happens. I'm interested to see uh, if any you know decent options kind of jump off the page. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and Seth Curry. Gary Trent Jr., that interests me, and it's an expiring contract of Kent Bazemore. Well, and both of those guys are expiring deals, too. So I think here, if you're giving away two expiring deals, you got to try to get a draft pick back if you can. 
Yeah, but you're getting a young piece that basically is, I mean, he's only 21. Most of what we're getting offered, in fact, nobody's offering us draft picks. Yeah, these are all pretty crappy deals. I will say, though, that's a nice deal. I, just to get the, the rights to Gary Trent Jr. is worth it, I think. Are we in? Sure. Let's do it. I think that's fair. Boom. So we're, we're definitely remaking the squad quite a bit. Now, if we, if we go by age, uh, Kent Bazemore can't be traded, unfortunately, because uh, he was traded too recently. Uh, other guys on the jump, Reggie Bullock. I think is a guy we can look to move on from because, again, what he's not really offering you anything. Looking at some of the pieces that are maybe coming back our way, uh, a guy like Mo Harkless uh, in a second-round pick would not be bad because you're getting a second-round pick and you don't have to worry about anything there because he is an expiring contract. You could get Derek Jones Jr. if you wanted to get someone that was a little younger, which could make some sense. Justin Jackson would be another interesting piece. Um, Juan Hernan Gomez, Wancho. I like Wancho. I don't know about giving up a second well, included. Is this, is this, is a guy we draft in the second round going to be as good as Wancho though? Probably not. True. We get Kendrick Williams in a second. I don't hate that. Actually, you get a second round pick and you get a guy relatively young. Save, save a little bit of money too. Are you okay with that? Sure. Let's do that. All right, so let's just double-check to make sure there's anyone else that we actually want to add or, or keep. I think for the most part, the rest of the guys we've got on our squad, we can probably keep just because we've got a lot of expiring contracts anyways. So should we just simulate the rest of the season? Yeah, I think we can do that. Let's just make sure. I don't know that anyone is up for extensions. And even if they were, I don't know that any of these players or guys I want to keep long-term. So we'll submit to the end of the season, and then we will come back at you and let you know with superlatives how the season ends and what our record is. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl. All right, so we have finished the season officially, uh, and your New York Knicks uh, really finished out exactly where you expected them to be, uh, 27-55 and 55 on the year uh definitely did not make the uh make the playoffs uh so we are looking for our superlatives here uh da, 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 da. but uh this is a a very very bad uh Knicks team so um nope that's season awards where are my well it looks like we can't get to the uh to the superlatives unfortunately uh, but Giannis was probably your MVP as we go about it. Uh, it's usually how uh, how things go. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, most valuable player. Sorry, it's LeBron James for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, Rookie of the year, Zion Williamson. Six-man, DeMarcus Cousins. Defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Terry Rozier gets most improved. And your all-NBA first team, Steph Curry, Simmons, LeBron, Giannis, and Anthony Davis. No surprise there. Carl uh, Anthony Towns does not make any team for the all-NBA, uh, which is a sham. Uh, nobody on the Wolves makes first or second all-defensive team. And Jarrett Culver makes all-rookie second team. So uh, only Timberwolf there. But no, or, uh, sorry, R.J. Barrett made first team. Uh, but otherwise, no New York Knicks on the docket at all. So, uh, obviously the Knicks missed the playoffs uh with a 27 and 55 record, so we are going to sim the playoffs here 
and kind of see how things go. Brooklyn is your number one overall seed in the East. LA, your number one overall seed in the West. Uh, and the Lakers having an easier time than Port- Brooklyn. And Brooklyn just lost 4-2 to two to Atlanta, uh, who was the eight seed. So some surprise there. Uh, otherwise, everybody who you expect to win wins. Detroit beat Milwaukee 4-1. And now they are proceeding to get blown up by the Bucks. So it's Bucks Rockets in the NBA Finals. And it is the Houston Rockets in a five-game series take it over the Milwaukee Bucks. Aaron, are you surprised by anything in this playoffs besides the Hawks upending the Nets? Um, not necessarily. I think if I were to say there was a surprise, it would be the Lakers losing 4-2 to the Rockets when they had home court advantage. Yeah. I think that's that's definitely tough. Uh, so we're going to move on uh, into the off season here and see kind of where we fall in the draft. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Nothing surprising in the hall in the uh, player retirements, uh, league meetings. Aaron, this is one of our favorites. Nothing's been accepted. Uh, potential goaltending rule adjustment, shot clock resetting. Trade deadline occurring a week later, but all of those rejected. None of them really uh, that close. So we get into the lottery. Aaron, any thoughts on how the Knicks will do in the lottery, given that uh, we have the fourth best odds? Well, let's see. Uh, They have the worst they can do is drop back to seventh, right? Correct. So I think they will move up. I got a hunch they're going to move up. All right. What any, any ideas on spot? I'll say one slot. slot uh, okay. Three. So a top three draft pick. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so Thunder get 14. Uh, Pelicans were slated to have 13, but the Kings get it. So that means that the Pelicans have leapfrogged into the top three. Uh, that does not bode well for the Knicks. Uh, the Suns at 12. Wouldn't that be something? Pelicans somehow land the number That'd one. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, the Bucks, uh, after losing in the NBA Finals, get the 11th overall pick. Via uh, Indiana, the Pacers, uh, the Magic gets the 10 spot. Timberwolves, do they move up? No, of course not. They never do. They actually move down. They get the 9 spot. Charlotte Hornets at 8, and they move up as well. Uh, the Cavs will fall to the 8 spot. So the, uh, the Hornets in the top 4, again, does not bode well for the New York Knicks. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. They move up, and the worst-case scenario for the Knicks, uh, they fall three spots to number seven. Uh, that's just – I mean, that's that's about as bad as you can get. And the Pelicans get the number one pick. Unbelievable. They move up in the draft. What, 11 spots, was it? Huge jump. Mavs. 12 spots to the number one overall pick. Absolutely ridiculous. Mavericks get two. Hornets three. The Bulls drop to four. Uh, so we are going to go through a couple things. Looks like our staff signing is okay. Aaron, what do you think on David Fizdale? Do you want to move on and try to get somebody else? Do you want to wait one more year and see if somebody better is available at the head coaching spot? Boy, it's tough. Um, not making the playoffs. Really a poor record. He's had a couple years. Do you really want this to is, I mean, this is. This will be, what, his second year with the team? I think we give them one more year. Fair enough. Let's build around this team in free agency and with the draft, and let's see what he can actually do. Why not go for a supporting assistant coach, maybe? Switch that up. 
I'm okay with that. Get rid of Caleb Canales. Let's go out and maybe get, uh, what do you think, Trent Peterson, A, A in offense, B minus in defense? Fair enough. That works. I think we can get him, say, for cheaper, eight. Cheaper than the other guy. Yeah, eight fifty a year I think will be a good number to get him. Let's take a look. Yep, there we go. We got Trent Peterson. Shake uh, it up a bit. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good move for us, uh, and that'll definitely help uh, Coach Fizdale. So, draft time. Uh, what do you we'll, – we'll look at the roster here, Aaron. Uh, give us a little idea uh, of, of what we could be looking at. All right, so uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nitilakina, our point guards. We got R.J. Barrett. We got Gary Trent Jr., Robert Covington, and Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. What do you think is the biggest area of need here for the Knicks? It's tough to say because really when you look at the roster, Kevin, it's assembled by players with a ton of upside. Yeah. Lots young, of potential. Young players yet to be proven. Who's going to jump up to the top. So I would say it's almost like, you know, when it comes to the draft, I'd be interested to see what trades are available at seven. Actually get some veterans possibly, unless somebody is just a slam dunk and he falls to us at the seventh overall selection. It's tough to really say because Dennis Smith Jr., young point guard, what is he, a 76 overall? 78. 78. But he's, he's 22. Old? Yeah. His contract is coming up. you got to decide if you want the, the option with him next year. So I, I, would, I would think of all the positions, point guard could be the best. Because even if you drafted a point guard, he could be a backup. And not only a backup to Dennis Smith Jr., but a backup plan in case we want to move on from Frank or possibly Dennis Smith yep. Jr.'s contract's too expensive. Yeah, I agree. And and the nice thing here, too, is, you know, Aaron, we can look at uh, point guard. We can look at trading. Even best player available in this situation wouldn't necessarily hurt the Knicks um, having that extra extra player and extra depth. Yeah, when you're the third worst team in the NBA, best player available is Correct. Very, very helpful. Very likely your option. So we got 13 trade offers for our pick, Aaron. Let's Great. take a look at what we get. Uh, Chris Middleton and a first-round pick wow. in 2024. So right there is kind of what I was talking about. Uh, we could trade away our nope. seven for Kevin Love and Jetty Osman. Uh, Jaden McDaniels and Bruno Caboclo. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, a rookie. He's a 75 overall. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic and Dante Exum. Buddy Heald and Rashawn Holmes. R.J. Hampton and Dwight Powell for two firsts. There's your point guard of the future. There's your point guard of the future, in my opinion, but are you okay with giving up two firsts? That is a... It is also some good support for Mitchell Robinson, though, with Dwight Powell there. So that's a trade that I actually do like. Uh, Gary Harris and Will Barton. Malcolm Brogdon and T.J. Warren, but again, you're giving up two firsts. Drew Holiday and Darius Miller. Mm. Kyle Lowry and Ricky Rubio. That's a pass. Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, Wiggins, and Gorgie. The Wolves trying to fleece the <laughs> New York Knicks. Uh, John Wall and Seth Curry. Whoa. Uh, so out of all of these, Aaron, I think this R.J. Hampton trade makes sense. He's a four-star. He's a four-star point guard, 18 years old, 75 overall already. Uh, but let's do this. We can always revisit this trade. Well, I want to look at... Honestly, so that was my second favorite one. My number one trade was the Chris Middleton trade. I like that trade too, but Is then there you had overlap but then, on Barrett. 
there's an overlap on Robert Covington. But Rocco at the four. So then what are you going to do with Julius Randle? Man, see, this is it gets tough. See, that's the tough thing. Now, Rocco's a year older. He's also a lot cheaper than Chris Middleton. All right. Well, and see, that's the other thing. That was the tip of the iceberg. The thing that really did it for me, Kevin, was that first-round pick that we received back. So not only we're we're swapping first, but we take on a former All-Star. We do. I... I just for the for the simulation purposes, want, it's too far out. All in on RJ Hampton. I'm I might be okay with that. Well, let's do this. Let's see what's then in the draft. We can entertain trades for Dennis Smith Jr. Exactly. Let's see what's in the draft though first, real quick. Okay. So currently, best player available, James Wiseman, the seven ten wingspan, James Wiseman. Uh, Nico Mannion is another guy that's available as a point guard option. If we're looking at just point guards. The best point guard available is Trey Jones uh, at a B minus. Uh, Killian Hayes is there too. I, I'm honestly, I'm all in on RJ. I think I would 100. If we're not going to go James Wiseman, who's a seven ten wingspan center, uh, seven feet tall, he's 18 years old. Uh, he's best player available currently. Let's do it. He's 18 and he's a four star. I love that. RJ Hampton. Yeah. All right. I'm down. We're gonna look at moving our moving our pick here, and that was with the Mavericks, right? There it is. You're good with that. I'm good with that. I would say immediately we look to see what offers are available for Dennis Smith Jr. Let's do that right now. Because if we can slide back into the first and possibly pick up another key player at this very moment. Lucas Samanic in a first in 2021. There's Wiggins. Go, so no, you're, you I know. I'm, I'm just looking. So there's no first round picks this year that are being offered. Fair enough. So let's see what we what we're working with here. Frank Kaminsky, Ty Jerome, Chris Ball. No, thank you. Wiggins and Jake Lehman. No, thank you. Nasir Little and Anthony Simons. Not really great picks. For no. Dennis Smith Jr. Let's I, look at Nilakina. I think we might have to wait and hold on him around trade deadline. Uh, Tate and Horland Tucker and Quinn Cook. Rubio and McCaw. Again, not very great offers for Nilakina. What's I think wrong we with gotta, Thomas Bryant? Yeah, but we, are, I mean, we yeah. already have Mitchell Robinson, and we have but Dwight it, Powell now. Hmm. What about no Rubio? Would you have, would you be open to possibly trading away Kevin Knox at the small forward? Who's our other small? Nobody forward? wants him. Yikes! Uh, Rocco is our is our guy. Is our other asset? Yes. Uh, Rocco and Dwight Powell for Tobias Harris. That's interesting. There's a lot of money though for that Tobias. Is a ton of dope. Holy cow! Uh, Daniel Gafford and Luke Cornett. That could basically be the end of us. Nicolo Melli, a 74 overall power forward in the 15th overall for Rocco. Kind of interesting. Justice Winslow, go back to that. Scary Terry. Hold on. We've got some interesting deal here. I'm not giving up a first next year, oh, though, yeah, for yeah, Justice. Yeah. No, I pass. Rocco no. for Scary Terry in a second. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Trevor Rees. I mean, none of these are really great trades. Nope. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any other first round picks that get 
Seku. That's interesting. Uh, OG, Trey Lyles. Uh, pick 12 and Frank Kaminsky for Rocco and a 24 first. We no. could look to move on from Kaminsky right away. I don't like it. I'd rather roll into the season with Rocco. Yeah, I'm okay with that, too. I think too. an interesting one that you overlooked was picking up Rubio as your backup point guard. For was Nick, that for, for Nick Frank? Hill. Yeah. Uh, and Patrick McCaw, which I actually like, but I'm not giving up a first for those two. Oh, that's what it was. That's the deal breaker. Yeah, that was. All right. Let's, let's just Otherwise, roll. are you okay with everybody else on the squad? Yeah, let's roll with what we got. Just curious. Whew. I put uh, Julius Randle on the, up on to see who they would want or who they would offer. None of these are even remotely close. We're not getting anybody of that. Well, Aaron Gordon and Terrence Ross, but again, do I really want to give up a first? And it's a bunch of dough. Uh, Drew Holiday. That Actually, go back to that for a second. Let's see that. Seku in a first this year. Go back to the Drew Holiday. So he's got one year left. He's 30. He's a shooting guard. We're giving up a first as well. Ah, I can't do This that. one, though, intrigues me. Young Seku and a first this year. Mm, I, I'd rather keep Randall. All right. I'm good with that. He's 25. He's a three-and-a-half star. We'll get a chance to re-sign him long-term. I think oh, there's the one that Rob wanted, Zach Collins and Nasir Little. I can't do it. I can't do that. All right, so we're going to stick where we're at? Yep. All right, we're going to sim to the next user pick. I'll be honest with you. I'm shocked at kind of how poor those trades were. Right? There's there's no one really tantalizing that came through in any of those deals. So a bunch of point guards available, but I think we need to look at a power forward as like a another backup big man. Uh, and this Carlos Delgado uh, ha- is a, a B-minus overall. Oops. Let me see the best player available. Uh, he's the second best player available from Louisville, and he's got a he's got a B plus for potential. I like the first it. guy is Steve Enoch, a center. Let's look at a specialist. Can you drill into one of the categories and find me a specialist? Well, we don't have a lot of guys scouted okay. well enough at this point to be able to pinpoint them. So you think Enoch's the deal? No, I I think this. Uh, uh, Carlos Delgado. Delgado, inside scoring. Perimeter, perimeter defense, defense and rebounding. 6'11", wingspan, he's 6'11". Those are all things I like. 19 years old. From Louisville. From Louisville, good pedigree. Let's see what they say about him. It's a solid second-round pick. I mean, Projected four- to go much higher than this. The Knicks have to be pleased landing him here. There you go. I'm good with that. Great pickup, Aaron. That was a fist bump on the radio we just did. All right, so R.J. Hampton, a 75 overall again. Uh, he is now a New York Nick. Uh, the other guy that we draft. And who did we swap him for? Who did, who ended up going at seven? Uh, oh, yeah, because we looked at seven, which was James Wiseman, who's a 79 overall. That's that big center. So that's who he's going to be forever compared to. Well, we'll find out. Uh, Carlos Delgado is 67 overall. Oof. So not necessarily and, the best, but and Wiseman was what the guy seventy nine. That's pretty good, pretty pretty good. Who was the best player overall in that draft, Kevin? Uh, so Anthony Edwards, 
uh, and James Wiseman were the two BPAs. Yikes. But we didn't need a center, so I think we're okay with it. We got good value. Um, I think overall we had a very good draft. All right, so uh, pending options. Uh, Devontae Graham, our point guard. He's 25. He's a 69 overall. I'm good with declining that option. But Bobby Portis, 79 overall, uh, but $15.75 million. Are you guys good with moving on from Bobby Portis? Like Tell I me am. this. Uh, who, who do we have why, now? I know he's listed as a center. And, why can't we sign and trade him? Why don't we sign him and try to trade him? We because we can't do the sign and trade in this game. You have you to wait 60 days. Well, you can do sign and trades, but, yeah, correct. You have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, which is not worth it. So what? I think we currently should. he's listed as a power forward. Why do you this. guys? Why do we have six thousand center or er, uh, point guards? We have three. Nope. That's we just have our two way Kadeem Allen and Devonte Graham, whose option we're not picking up. Yeah. So we only have three. That's a lot. Well, again, we're looking to move. And remember, this isn't taking into effect guys that are leaving the team. So right. we have Dwight Powell and Mitchell Robinson as our centers if we lose Portis. I feel like we should sign Portis and look to package him. We have to wait 60 days. Yeah, it's not I'd worth rather, it. I'd saying. rather not pay him 16 mil and we can spend that on a better free agent that we're going to want to keep around anyways. Oh, I don't know. That's just me. Rob, okay. what are your thoughts? You know what? You're right. I, I can admit when my logic is flawed. Well, and I, and think, I, get, I get where you're coming from, and I think that's a good idea, but... At I the like same the point of picking the guy we want with the money versus yeah. who, hoping we get a proper trade. Who do we have? Of, like, so who's actually under contract right now? Uh, we, I'll get to that here in a second. Okay. We'll get through the team player options. Are we good with just declining Bobby? Yeah, I think we need to. Okay. You just, that's too much cap space. Qualifying offers. Okay, let's get through this here first. So Damian Dotson. See ya. Bye-bye. Alonzo Trier. See ya. Ivan Rab. See ya. Actually, Could, I don't mind Ivan Rab. At, at two, if you got him at that price, it'd be worth it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kadeem Allen. No, thank you. Nope, nope. Kenrick Williams. No, nope, thank you. Nope, nope. All right. He's he's not that young, and he's only a 72. That's like a two-way guy. All right, so moratorium now before we get into it. So uh, the team as follows. Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Hampton, Frank Natsilakina, R.J. Barrett, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Robert Covington, Kevin Knox, Ignis Brazadakis, Julius Randall, Carlos Delgado, Mitchell Robinson, and Dwight Powell. I All right, like so it. I, there's definitely I think there's some trades you got to make. I, me personally, so go to Trade Finder just so I can get an idea. Um, first of all, I think Frank Nilakina should be traded. Is there any is we, there any value? We tried at the at the draft. And nothing really popped up that was worth it to us. Because you don't want to take on a ton of cap space. Look at that. We get the Lopez brothers. In, in the right deal. I actually like the – I just – something about them wanting – The to, idea is great. I yeah. can't wait to watch this season with the Milwaukee Bucks. So, like, here's an example of a trade I don't hate. Only because you could go and move Corey Joseph again right away and you get a pick, a really nice solid first-round pick in the Yeah, deal. top three protected So that's not Bulls. a bad deal to consider. What else is out there? I, that's a great trade. Kevin Porter wow. Jr.? Yeah. That's a great trade. And a second round pick. Man, you guys must have gotten screwed before. No, we, we, have, did. we did. Yeah. This any. is not great. That Two first round picks from the Hawks? Done. What are we even doing here? Done. That's Ke- the, that's Kendrick the Nunn and Casey Akpala? Yes. That's a great Miles trade. Miles Bridges? These are nothing but great trades. Yeah, no, we had none of these trades sure, were guys. offered to us. Sure. In the not even sure. Close. You can listen back to the audio, Rob. It was abysmal. These, uh, these offers are phenomenal. That's not a great offer, but th- these are good. The the two to me, 
I would I'd wa- probably want to I would say save camp space, but since there's no guarantees on who you're going to get, two first round picks is pretty good. Not uh, ooh, Josh Akogi. We have to give up first though. No, not worth it then. Sorry, Josh. I like you and everything, but I'm not trading a first round pick. So I think one of the best trades is it's either it's I think this one for me because we're getting a first from the Bulls and Kevin Porter Jr. Nope, that's or not sorry Corey Joseph. No, sorry, why, but we don't need another point guard. No, we want. I, I would rather Porter take the two Jr. first round picks from the Suns than that. But go back to the or the Hawks. Yep, Suns or Hawks, both are good. I think that's it's probably the Suns. That's a pretty picks. good trade right there, especially because now the, then the Cavs, who are in the East along with us, would have what like seven thousand point guards. That's true. I mean, seriously, how great would it be to do that? That's not a bad deal either. This one, the the two first round picks, Dude, and one of them twenty one and twenty twenty two, and they're not protected. I think that's the, I think that's the trade, man. Yep. Bye, Frank. You can go play with Trey Young. Yep. Now let's now go back and let's double check if there's anyone or else on the squad that we that we think is worth uh, that we think is worth possibly moving on from. I will say, what is our backup center making? The guy behind Mitchell Robinson, Dwight, Dwight Powell, ten mil. That's too much. I think that's too much. He's not that good. I like Dwight Powell. He's okay, but not He's a 10, good defensive guy. He's not $10 million good. No. I, w- I would actually do that trade for sure. What Ooh. are we looking back for this pick? Well, I want to clear that cap space. You can get uh, backup centers are a dime a dozen, and you can get good ones. That's true. Uh, that first-round that, that first pick and nothing else is, is nice for me. From the Hornets? Yeah, that's pretty solid. What are your thoughts, guys? That's it's the Spurs lottery protected. Well, you're getting them. The Spurs yeah. are the Spurs aren't going to probably. We be get one year of Gorgie. Yeah, we could. <laughs> Not saying we should, but we could. I uh, think. Yeah, I'm good with the the Hornets pick. I think that's solid. What do you think, Aaron? I like it. Done. We're clearing that cap space, which is solid. Uh, let's go back and just double check if there's anyone else that jumps off the page that we want to try to move on from. Rob the cap slash. What do you think hats. about uh, moving on from uh, Knox? Yep. Because you have Brazadakis, who's a good shooter. Hold on. Okay. We're going to go through the trade scenarios for this, and then we will tell you Ooh, Matisse what, we got, what we got offered for Kevin Knox at the draft. Yeah, That's a great. You, we want you to guess what we were offered. That's a great trade. We actually got offered Zaire Smith with someone else yep. earlier. The That's, Lopez brothers again. Yeah, they're really trying to get rid of them. Boy, another first-round pick. Zizic. Yeah. But I don't want three years of I Jordan don't love Clarkson. Zizic. You know, ooh, Cam Reddish. What? Yes. 100%. What are we even doing here? Wow. It's done. Hold on. Let's wait, go, wait, let's so go wait, through the others Can quick. I say what's surprising? Kevin Knox is a higher overall. How is that a thing? I don't get that. No, and they're the same age. Yeah, they are. Joey Ingles ooh, I like first. Jo- I like Joey Ingles, but it's too much money. Jonathan Isaac. Wait, wait, go, wow. back, go back to Jonathan Isaac. Ooh, Naw. NAW. I'm a big Naw fan. Seku. Ooh, Seku. So these are great trades. Bulbon. Actually, that's actually a pretty good trade. You're getting a it. solid. What, who's our shooting guard right now? Did you guys say? Uh, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you don't want to spend that kind of. So who's our who's our small? Fo- Ooh, Rocco is go, our small forward. Go back, go back. That's a great trade. Josh Okogie and Jake Lehman for Kevin Knox. That's a great trade. Defensively, that's good. But also, I, again, that trade that the trade for the Sixers. To get Matisse Thibel and Zaire Smith, both fantastic. But we don't need another point guard. Neither one of them is a point guard. Neither one of them is a point guard. Oh, Zaire Smith's a shooting guard. That's right. Matisse Thibel's a a 2-3. And so is Zaire Smith, actually. He's also a 2-3. Rob, how many trade offers do you think we got at the draft for Kevin Knox? Or what was our best trade offer? You probably got 28 trade offers at the draft. You are high. 
Oh, you got zero trade offers? Zero. <laughs> Trying to trade Kevin Knox for anybody. We got zero trade offers. A brown paper bag. They wouldn't even throw that in. That's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So I, me personally, I am all in on Cam Reddish. Do it. Rob wants Zaire Smith and Matisse Teibel. No, no. Actually, the trade that I like is probably Josh Okogie. Josh Okogie and Jake Lehman is a, is a really Josh good Okogie trade. Josh Okogie will never see the floor because we have R.J. Barrett. So R.J. Barrett's playing 48 minutes a game? That seems like a bad idea. We have good depth. Good I, thing we don't set our own minutes. Small uh, forward. He's 20 years old. He's a three and a half. Roko's our starter. I mean, but okay. And he's all I'm going to say is you're. The, Just don't what, talk over me. Hold on a second. So Roko is our starter, but he's older. And now you got Cam Reddish. He can plug in on the bench and grow into that. Roko's only like an 80, 81. Yeah, he's an 81. Okay. So that's, I think, fair. But what do you think? My, my only problem with your argument was that you used age and the stars, which is uh, Cam Reddish is the same exact age and the same amount of stars as Kevin Knox, only he's less overall. So the game itself uh, views them a little differently, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, Cam Reddish is – now, he's younger in the league because Kevin Knox was pretty young when he came to the yeah. league. I, I'm fi- I like this trade. I'm just saying I, there's something about that. Jo- Josh Okogie is, like one of, is such a good defender. I'm just getting all sentimental about pairing Cam and R.J. Barrett back together. And it didn't out. work well in college. I, that's a, actually, that's, that's a negative now because it didn't work in college. They didn't play well together. I like the Sixers trade, too. I'm okay with any of them. Honestly, I'll take any of them. If you guys are all in a Cam Reddish, I'm fine with it. Mikhail Bridges in a first? That's a great trade, too. These are nice trades. Yeah, and he's, he's three years older than Knox. Correct, and his and his overall. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm fine with it. If you guys if you guys are all in on the camera trade, I'm fine with it. Is that what we're going with, Aaron? Oh, this is tough. I think the best. If Rob I makes honestly, we go back, go back. The other one I want to look at. We kind of passed that. Nope. The Jonathan Isaac. I, I gotta say, I really like Jonathan Isaac, and he and he has that position flexibility. Can play the three and the four. He's got the size. He's only 22. There's a lot to like about Jonathan Isaac. There's a lot of good trades here. I'm telling you. I or like we maybe trades. look to move Knox closer to the deadline. No, I think we move him now. I'd rather get someone else that we think could be a better, a more long-term piece. We're I think not, no matter what we do, I think we got to go small forward. I, I, I think at this point, let's, let's make the camera this trade. Let's okay. do that. All right. And actually, did you see there? Kevin Knox had lower value. Yeah. That's weird. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm, right. now I like it even more. Moratorium time. We have... 10 players. It says we're 8.5 million under or over the cap currently. That's not. Uh, but that's getting rid of uh, a lot of offers. So we're going to skip the first day because we can't make any offers anyway. No, you should still make your second, uh, grab your two way oh, players. Yeah, we'll take. Okay, hold on. So Kevin's a shit GM, apparently. Kevin Kahn over here. <laughs> wow. All right. So four guys already get offers Dotson, Trier, Allen, and Williams all get offers already. We're not going to match any no, of those. You, you can't. Uh, we are going to have so much cap space. Ken Bazemore's off the books. Marcus Morris, another $4 million almost. I mean, it starts to add up. So we get into day two. $48 million we'll have Yeah, we'll have $48 million in cap space come the start of free agency. Yep. Wow. It just uh, so we want to get right our two-way now. guys, right? Might as well. I don't know who's now. We did grab the most, the, the, the draft class, the correct draft class, and there's some pretty good players, if I recall. By the way, that guy actually gets pretty good. That uh, Celia, 
He him? just wants too much money for us to do a two-way with him. Correct. I'm just saying contract. that's a guy to yeah. look at. Uh, so you just have to sort by age and then go by expected, and we should be able to find someone decent. So uh, Glover actually gets pretty good, that Travis Glover. He is a decent prospect. Well, let's sign him to a two-way then. And then um, there's got to be one other guy that's close. The, the one thing that's unfortunate is that it resets. Like after you sign a guy, it resets, which is really goofy. And then how about Singleton? That gives us a nice power forward. Oh, actually, I take that back. Reese. Uh, Reese gets pretty good. He's a pretty good, pretty good player in this right. simulation. Boom. I think that's perfect. Perfect. So we'll skip ahead to the next day, and we get both of our two-way guys. Awesome. We already have all the, the, the players renounced. So it's just a matter of getting to actual free agency. The unfortunate portion is that we lose out on offers to those people in the moratorium because we don't have the room yet. But the good news Wait, is why we, 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 we just declined our two-way players. Million oh, whoops. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll have a lot Perfect. of cap space. I think we're good there. And it's not like we need a big name free agent. We've got a decent team already. Like just to, as in terms of being able to build off of 44 million in cap space, we need four players. Uh, well, guy jumps off the page. Well, we don't need a small forward. Unfortunately, one of the best guys available is Brandon Ingram, and we don't need him. I mean, it's not even a need at this point because of the way we, we set everything up. Lots of big men available. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, Paul Millsap, DeMarcus Cousins. So the best player available is DeMar Rosen, And again, unfortunately, small forward. But he plays the shooting guard. He plays the two. But we, we already have the two set Yeah, up. we have, we have uh, R.J. Barrett. That's right. So you're talking, um, we've got point guard, shooting guard, oh, small like forward. A backup power forward. Now, did you guys, you guys didn't trade Julius Randle, right? No. So we still have him, and we have our center. So you're looking for depth at this point. Yeah, good value type players to provide some depth would be. So maybe go for, you know, a guy like, what about a guy like Sharich? I think you should be looking for like a specialist again. What about like, like a Kelly Olynyk? A great rebounder. I mean, Kelly Olynyk is great if you're hoping to dislocate uh, arms on players from the other team. What's he want for? Twelve million. Eleven mil. Yeah, no. We thanks. might as well have just kept what's his face at, at that price. Dario wants uh, almost eleven. Yeah, but Dario. What's great about Dario is he plays the, the three and the four, and I really like that. How about Bertans? Bertans could be a nice piece uh, back what's up. What's Costas want? Now, Costas, uh, six. I, I would pay that. Get you another young, young, young depth piece. You do have to bring in some veterans, though. Yeah, if you don't sprinkle in veterans, you don't win games. Correct. 2K has that down to a science. So I, I would say what about like a Wilson Chandler or a Davis Bertons? I think Bertons is a great value. I really do. Really yeah. good three-point shooter, good mid-range shooter, and he's a, he's a decent playmaker. I mean, it looks like there's a lot of things to He's like about him. He's a B minus in playmaking. How about potential? Can you find sort of He's a B plus in potential. Who is the best potential available that's kind of a mid-age that we could look at? Uh, I mean, Miritich needs 13 mil, but he's an A. Taj Gibson is yeah, an bring- A minus, and he's got... He's at eight mil. Well, the the potential on older players is yeah. I'm looking for janky. some. I'm looking for somebody younger that we could get for cheaper, like a Mo Harkless, maybe. Mo Harkless, I like actually. Lewis but, King. Ooh, that's my that's my guy. I love Lewis King. We yeah. need to he's sign. An or- Lewis he's King. an Oregon dude. Yeah, Lewis King uh, is one of my favorite prospects. Done. I really like Lewis King, and he makes hardly any money. Yep. Now, uh, 
we got to look at backup centers as well. Go to a potential. Yep, we do then. need a backup center. Yes, yes, yes. And find the best potential backup center that's got. Well, a few so in years this case, I think we need to go veteran. Yeah, they, but he's got a few years, right? Well, I mean, if you, I think we go veteran and get someone that's that's pretty quality that's going to be able to back up Willie Colley Stein. Then I'd be fine with Willie Colley Stein. Jakob Pertl, Bobby I mean, Portis. Wait, how much is, wait, go to Jakob Pertl quick. What's his? What's he making? Eleven. Only eleven. That's not bad. I would do that. Alex Len. Because look at, I mean, I don't want to pay an extra $4 million, uh, in the difference between Kali Stein and Pirtle. I'd rather just take Pirtle. I think, I think as we a need backup, to be careful with this cap space too, guys, because we're going to have some big contracts coming up here in the future. That's not a big deal. These guys are but like, enough, We could sign Pirtle to like a two-year and still yeah. be safe. Yep, I agree. I think that's solid. He's not making a ton of money. That's, and so that's the same amount of money we are paying our backup before. And this is what a we, want, we, want, we got to get one more guy. Another, another maybe now, a young center to build to work with. Well, doesn't Lewis King play a little bit? No, he's mostly a 3-4. He's a 3-4. Find one of, again, somebody that's a specialist, that's an A in, in some category. What about a really good? Armando Bacot. He's 19 a, and he's a 72. There you go. Let's try that. He's good inside. Or, ooh, this other dude's got better stats. Uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Okongwu is He's 19, he's a 71. He's B plus, or B's overall for everything. Yeah. And he's a and better system he's match. He's a better system match. Yeah, perfect. And he's cheaper. Perfect. I think right. that's pretty good. Now, uh, none of them crossed. have said yes yet. Correct. But that's okay. It's a little bit of a process, I'm sure. We Lewis got Lewis King. King. All right. Good. That's solid. I like Lewis King a lot. He's a very good prospect. No, he was an RFA. Well, what would it take to trade for him? We'll take we a look. See. We should see what it would take to trade for him. See if we can oh, get these no. other two. He just got signed. That's right. The we did get the other two. We it. got Jakob Pertl. We got Onyeka Okongwu. I think we need to get a backup shooting guard. Um, well, you got to remember, though, Roko can play both positions. No, um, I know. R.J. Barrett plays the two and the three, so you, you have a little bit of flexibility there at least. We still need two more players, though. Who's That's the, the thing. Who's the best shooter, Kevin? What about bringing in a – wait, what about trying to bring in a DeRozan on just like a one-year deal? Nope, too much. Way too much. Yeah, what about – no, no. My problem with Ingram is he can't play the two. Oh yeah, that's true. I I think that's too much. So money. for shooting guards, Avery Bradley, Wes Matthews, Andre Roberson. Avery Bradley, it's it's him one hundred percent for me. Great three point shooter, great defender on the perimeter, and he's not making a ton of money. I two mean, years? Yeah, I think that two years is fair. Off he's only from making, thirteen. He's only making about seven million. A, I mean, that's not bad. I think that's solid money. Now that puts us at that put us at thirteen players. We need one more because you don't, you don't. Generally, it's nice to keep one spot open, so not go to fifteen. Yeah, so 14. fourteen would be. Yep. What what position do we want? Well, we need a third a third point guard. Wouldn't be the worst idea. Just as we an have emergency, three, don't we? No, we uh, traded away. We traded one, didn't we? So yep. we have uh, R.J. Hampton and we have Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, that's right. So we do need a backup point guard. Well, no, a third string. A third string. Shabazz Napier. He's not going to play, though. Keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Who's the best system match? Oh, uh, Rajon Rondo. Uh, he's making too much. $7 million is too much for a third-string guy. Sean Livingston. How about Jeremy Lin? What's his? Is he a good system match? No, not really. Let's what, sort by yeah, system I was gonna match. Say, yeah, sort by system match and see if we can find someone that's not. Tremont Waters. Tremont Waters. There you go. Two well, actually, and he's a, a, a prospect, but I would go veteran. I think it's better to have Dar- a veteran. Darren Collison wants too much. Like here's the thing, Chris Wa- Dunn, not for eight mil, and he's restricted. You might not. Jordan Bone, 
I'm fine with Jordan Bone. Or well, are you, Jeff T. Again, I think we need to get a veteran. We have too many. How about Del Dova? Del Dova. Yeah, I'm down. You Two don't mil. like him, but he doesn't make a lot of money. Min? For a one-year Min, min deal. Min for Matty Dell. He's perfect on a one-year Min deal. We got Avery Bradley, so we're good there. Yep, I think this is pretty solid. And we got Matthew Delvedova. Done. Roster set. Done. So why don't we uh, fast forward to uh, start of the season, and we'll check power rankings and go from there. Sounds good. Perfect. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. Uh, quick power rankings. NBA.com has the Knicks at 28th. Uh, 2K Sports, though, is actually really high on us. They Which got us at 15th. Good. 2K Sports is usually really rough or they're wrong, and so that's not good. And Eric Banesh is 28th. Yep, so in my experience, 2K is the one that gets it wrong, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case this time. Well, we're going to sim through to the trade deadline here uh, and see how things go. We did start the season 1-0 and with an 11-point win over the San Antonio Spurs. 3-0 and now. Before we lose to the Washington Wizards, the first loss was uh, inevitable. Uh, All things considered, though, pretty good start to the season. Yeah, four and one to start. Chemistry is is climbing. It never gets that high. Honestly, I think the highest I've seen is eighty three percent. And that was with sixty two. A back to back championship team was an eighty two or eighty three. So yeah, that's and crazy. That kind of sets it up. So yeah, so we'll come back at you at the trade deadline. See if there's any moves to make, and then we'll finish off the season very soon. Sounds. All right, at the trade deadline, team is 31-20, and 20, surprisingly. Uh, that is currently good for third in the East, tied for second in the East, actually, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Guys, did we exceed expectations? I would say that's probably a little better than I thought we'd be at this point. I would say absolutely, especially because one of our marquee wins in the first half of the season was against the number one team in the East, the 76ers. We've had some Beat very the impressive too, right? games. Yeah, we've beaten the Clippers. We've, I mean, we blew out the Raptors by 43. Rockets we beat by quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we make any trades, you guys. But let's look at contract extensions. So <laughs> Mitchell Robinson is discouraged. He's the starting center. What does he want? Covington's going to test free agency. Smith is going to test free agency. And Gary Trent Jr. won't re-sign either. But seriously, why is Mitchell Robinson mad? Ooh, that hurts the team. But like, what's guys. he mad about? Do we do we maybe look to move him? Yeah, I think we 100 percent do. Why is he? What's he mad about? He's he has the, nothing to be mad about. He's the start. I mean, he's getting the starting center on the number two team in the Eastern. This, Conference. I mean, this hurts us, but at the same time, that hurts our team just chemistry wise when he's sitting there pouting. Yep. And what's so, I don't get it. Here's the thing: if we're gonna trade him, I want a center back. Yeah. Who is the Who's the other center we picked up? Uh, Why can't I think of who it was? Dwight Powell. No. No, we no, traded, we traded him away. Dwight Powell. Oh, Jakob Pertl. And we've got our young guy. So, what? but is Jakob Pertl mad? He's content. How about the young guy? Anxious. Oh, he's mad too. Well, that's stupid. Maybe but Jakob's taking some clearly, time away. This is clearly David Fisdale's fault. Yeah, we... We, we considered not re-signing him, by the way. Well, he's going to be there, I'm sure. Let's see what we while. got for trades, Kev. Yep, it's uh, it's currently loading up here real quick. There we go. The same trade, that Zaire Smith, Matisse Thibel trade. Chris Middleton. We Damn. Don't, we don't need him. I know, but it still looks cool. Ooh, Robert Williams. Oh, I like is, Robert. And you get Jalen Smith. This is junk. What? You're junk. Come on now. That was no, not bad. Zubats. We had to give up Delgado. Ooh, Zubats. Or, or, I would for and sure. And Amir Coffee. And Amir Coffee. I love that <laughs> trade. I love that trade. 
Bam. Ooh, wait a minute. Bam. Just, Bam says exactly how I feel about the trade, too. Okay, we're and we're giving up a first, but we've got multiple firsts in 2022. Who cares? Let's yeah, see what else win. we got, but that's the, the leader in the And Alfred Camino's a solid player. Yeah. Serge. Uh, two centers. And Dwight. <gasps> Buddy. We don't need it. I know we don't need that. Vus. Oh, Vucevic. Actually, that's the trade to make. He's already better than anyone else. We're being, he's, and he, 30s, you know. 30's 30, but well, that's, that's a, a lot trade, of money man. in three years, though. Yeah, but he's making it because he, he's plus good. First. Plus, a, plus first. a first. All-star from last year. Oh, man. I, to me, that's a no-brainer. I don't hate – I don't. by the way, that's not a bad trade either. In Sabonis is on a four-year contract he's locked up for, which Ooh, is Andre really Drummond. Nice. But we're giving up our young guy, too. Well, who cares at that point? Definitely not. Well, I, yeah, I know. Boban! Yeah, but I don't want Hassan Whiteside's $45 million contract. Killian Hayes, by the way, is legit. We had the opportunity to draft him. Ooh, Draymond Green. Interesting. Well, to me... For me, I'm all in on Bam. I, I'm, I, I just... Yeah, but you're paying Alfred Camino quite a bit of money. To me, Vucevic helps you the most right away. 87 overall. Aaron? Go back to the Bam one really Boos quick. Boos is so good. Ugh. It's a lot of money to get. You know, it's only I, a one-year deal. I too. think I sign with Rob on this one. I think like eighty-seven overall. That makes you so much better. Okay, that's it. the deal. I think for me, boy, Mitchell Robinson really let me down. What? What's he complaining about? Really let me down. <laughs> like, he doesn't seriously. have anything to complain about. Was he not getting minutes? He was like, our starter. But I don't get it. I don't right. know what he's complaining about. We're going to sim games. through to the rest of the year. Uh, 31 and 20. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But a Channel. And this is The Howl. Well, that was a mixed bag to end the season. What do you guys think? I was, I'm happy with the results. So uh, let's go over the superlatives. Um, so we got Giannis as your MVP. Not, to, not totally shocking, right? Yeah, oh. Kevin didn't want to look at those, I guess. So we're going to just move on. No, to... we can go back to it. Hold on. It's in here. <laughs> it is in league news. And then it is in. The good news is, Kevin, you don't have a history of pushing buttons. Not one bit. <laughs> Where the heck is it? Oh, no, it's in. It's in uh, I mean, it's not that big a deal. I'm pretty here sure we, we didn't get one of the awards. MVP Giannis. Rookie of the year. Denny, Denny Avdija. Avdija from Portland. Interesting. Good for him. I don't think I've ever seen him win. Six-man Schroeder. Even in 2K19, that guy won freaking six-man almost every time. Anthony Davis, DPOY. Nice, nice. Markel Fultz, MIP. Good, Good for, for him, him, man. Good for him. Your first team, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Giannis, James Harden, Dame Lillard. Wow, Dame Lillard. Good for you. Second man. team, Steph Curry, Simmons, Kawhi, Zion, and Jokic. Third team, Drummond, No Blake, Towns? Luka, D-Russ, and Russell Westbrook. No Towns? Come on. Second year of No Towns. All defensive first team, Kawhi, DeJounte Murray, Depot, Giannis, Anthony Davis, uh, Gobert, John Wall, Chris Paul, Paul George, and Draymond. Uh, rookies, uh, RJ Hampton gets second team, along with Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart, LaMelo Ball. The guy that we could have drafted, James Wiseman, gets first team. Which, by the way, he is... Uh, and he uh, could have been our Mitchell Robinson. He could have been our Mitchell Robinson when Mitchell Robinson Why didn't threw. Mitchell Robinson tell us ahead of time he's going to be a baby? Right. Like, seriously? 
So we make the playoffs as the three seed. So we stay in the three. Philly and Milwaukee both catapulted us. Um, but we play Brooklyn in the first round, who we had good success with. Uh, so we're going to sim the round. We're down uh, 1-0. As, of course, as I say that, Brooklyn took a 1-0 lead, but we quickly matched it. Uh, now they're up 2-1. Now they're up 3-1. Now they're up 3-2. 3-3. Oh, come on. <laughs> in seven. Ridiculous. We get eliminated in the first round by Brooklyn. So we'll sim through. Uh, Philly got swept by Chicago. Uh, so another number one seed goes That's down. That's not both, the first time we've seen that happen Both either. number one seeds go down this year. Last year was just one number one seed. How are the Warriors number one? That's surprising to me, especially given they are not playing well yep. right now. Uh, Clippers-Celtics final. That's actually not too shocking. And the Celtics win it 4-2. to two. Kemba, Kemba MVP. Wow. your finals so MVP. Maybe we'll come back to this because I... I feel like this ending left a little sour taste in my mouth. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Should have been a little better, but I think that's where we'll end it. Sounds Uh, good to me. Got more coming up on the show, though, so uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. We are The Howl. Introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels. Featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.